The thing about kindness is that it is God's character. God's character to be kind. So what is kind? The words associated with kind, I don't know, think in your head. What you can think of is kind. Generous, warm, concerned, caring, and with kindness. Kindness generally in this country means do a good turn, do a favor, provide assistance, those kind of things. But there's one also that we can add to godly character with kindness, which is forgiveness. God is kind and He forgives. So, having godly characters, we've been reminded quite often, that's our spiritual fruit. So, when, when we are told that we are saved so that we can be fruitful, fruitful is godly character, and there is no godly character without kindness. Kindness is that. The Bible says this, Jesus said, be merciful as God is merciful and kind. Job 6 says this, anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes fear of the Almighty. Anyone who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. So kindness is like God. Isaiah says this, 63, I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which He is to be praised, according to all the Lord He has, has done for us. Yes, the many good things He's done for Israel, according to His compassion and His kindness. So, if we're going to be like God, we have to be kind. And Jesus says, and Jesus always makes it tricky, let's be honest not just to friends, to enemies as well. But let's just consider briefly three things about, about kindness. The first thing is that it is God's nature to be kind. God in His nature is kind, and we are made in God's image. So human kindness, which is far from restricted to Christian behavior, human kindness reveals that we are made in God's image. So, anyone who shows kindness is revealing that we are made in the image of God. However, equally the other way around, when we are unkind, we reveal that we have a fallen nature. So, there's a spiritual battle goes on within us. The strongholds in our life prevent us from being kind. The image of God in which we were originally created enables us to be, to be kind, and the two go together. And here's the first element about kindness that's really important, is kindness shows up the nature. So in Jesus, we should be shrugging off this sinful nature, but we know that it's a battle. Is it a battle for you? I know I battle. But I want to see this, right, is here is a good test for all of us. If you want to know where the spiritual battle is in your life, if you want to know where your sinful nature is still prevailing over the new spirit that you've received in Jesus, look at where you struggle to be kind where you struggle to have a kind thought, where your first reaction is an unkind thought, 
where there's an opportunity to be kind, and because of all manner of reasons, your inclination is to withhold kindness. That's an area where your sinful nature is prevailing over the image of God that we have been released to live in through Jesus. And that applies to all of us. I don't know about you, but I have a whole range of areas where what springs first into my mind, I wouldn't want anybody else to hear. I don't know. You're probably doing better than me, but that reveals that the battle is far from over. And kindness is a real illustrator. Kindness is a proper litmus test of what's going on. But more than that, let's, let's ask ourselves, we said kindness is God's nature. So let me ask you, is that how you see God? Do you see God as being kind? Do you understand God as kind? That God gives more than is needed, that God only withholds for our good, that God pours out blessing after blessing. Shirley's just said, God provides for people, and they don't necessarily even see it. But we should see it. Do you see it? Do you see God as kind? You see, lots of people, including Christians, don't. When I was a young boy growing up uh, in a, um, what shall we say, um, a behaviorally challenging denomination. Shall I put it like that? Uh, my view of God was that he was an old man in a bad mood with a big stick. And his ideal, his ideal was that I should get it wrong because then he'd have a good excuse to beat me. And that was the impression I got. God, he was grumpy, he was severe, he was demanding. He wanted absolute perfection uh, all the time. And he was the big problem for me because I looked around the church and I discovered that I was the only one who wasn't attaining that standard. And I nearly walked away from Jesus because I looked at that and I said to myself, I cannot do this. Other people are set apart to be Christians and I'm not because I can't do this. And I have the severe view looking down on me all the time, and I can't live in this shadow. But God is gracious, and God is merciful, and God took me to another place where Jesus was able to reveal Himself as a Savior who comes from a Father who is gracious and who is merciful, and who far from being intimidated by my sin, sees it as already defeated and removed. And I don't have to live like that. But I, that was a big shift to move from seeing this severe, grumpy, vitriolic God to a merciful, kind, generous Father. Maybe you don't, you don't have experience of a father who was kind and generous. Maybe you struggle now with this concept. Maybe it is that actually in your life, because of other influences, you actually see words such as discipline, such as lifestyle, such as self-control, as being associated with punishment, as being associated uh, with disapproval. 
When in fact, what God does as a loving Father is He provides for us a framework in which we can live that does us good, not harm. But only that works. We will only submit to God if we stop seeing Him as being not kind. He's unkind. He's begrudging. He only gives us the absolute necessities. And after that, He only gives us what we need when we've begged and begged and begged to the point where we feel we've humiliated ourselves, that He he gives to other people graciously without explanation and withholds from us. Do we see God as that, capricious? Do we see God as quick to blame? Do we see that God is very keen to remove his favor and that he only favors a few and you are not one of them. If you see God like that, it's very difficult to be godly kind. But I want to tell you that God isn't like that. God is not like that. God is the absolute opposite of that. He is kind and generous and open. And when you get it wrong, he's really not intimidated by it. And when troubles come, his desire is to hold you and to look after you. And if there is the slightest opportunity, the smallest chink that allows him to bless you beyond what you can cope with, he is desperate to do it. Do you see God like that? If you want to grow in godly kindness, you need to see that God is kind. If today you don't see God like that, then receive prayer today that Jesus will reveal it to you. Don't go away from today still thinking of God as reluctant to be kind because He is driven by kindness. So God is kind, and we need to strive to be like that. But I want to tell you two other things about kindness, and the first one we've already heard, which is this. If we are kind, it has an impact on others. We've already heard several stories, and it works like this. I have a, uh, someone that lives in our town, uh, nodding acquaintance, I think would be the same, you know, t- a type of neighbor. And their wife died, sadly. So I went to see them and spent some time, and just, you know, sort of shared some time with them because I wanted to be comfort. And I'm really not kidding. 19 years later, somebody that I didn't even know was related to them said to me, well, I bet the church that you're involved in is a nice church because you were really kind when such and such his wife died. And you're thinking, wow, you know, it was, it was half an hour. It cost nothing. Yet what an impact, what an impact that has. Who here doesn't remember people who have been especially kind to them? You remember, don't you? When people are kind, you remember. Everybody remembers. It has an impact. It has a huge impact. People remember when we're kind. People notice when we are kind to other people. People are affected by us when we're kind. People question why we are kind, especially when we're kind to people that other people aren't kind to. 
especially when we are kind when there's no apparent incentive for us to be kind. It has a big impact. People change their attitude when we're kind. Well, let's look at it the other way around. People change their attitude to church when church is unkind. We definitely don't know that, don't we? That the record of mistakes and unkind words that is held against the church is enormous. Well, maybe we should expect that, but often it's justified. But let's look at it the other way around, which is that the impact of our kindness, either individually or together, has a massive I want to tell you this, okay, and you might not know this, but being kind in the right way is a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and it is put in between healing and miracles. And you can travel around the world and you will hear lots of teaching that people get very excited about, about healing. And lots of teaching that people get very excited about, about miracles. You almost never, ever, ever hear people teaching that knowing how to give the right help at the right time is a gift from the Holy Spirit that we should seek. Now, I want to know why that is. I, do, I have spoken on this at several conferences. And here's what happens. I get asked questions. So, I've preached this several times, and I've said, this is a spiritual gift. It is a spiritual gift of significance. It's a spiritual gift of the most importance. It is a spiritual gift that every church should be desperately seeking those who are best gifted in it, and we probably have more people gifted in it than we have in lots of other gifts because it is so important. It is so vital. But we don't consider it. Why don't we consider it? I'll tell you this, because Satan knows that it would turn the community upside down, and he would far rather that we got excited about things that won't do that than things that will. And if we are kind and generous, we will impact our community in a way that people will end up being affected by the love of Jesus. What Satan wants us to do is to be excited about things that affect us rather than be excited about things that affect other people. Now, don't get me wrong. I genuinely know that we need to feel our secure identity in Jesus ourselves in order to move forward. And I'm not saying that that isn't important. I've just said we need to understand the nature of God is kind and we need to enter into that. But Satan doesn't want us to go beyond that. And the reality is that some gifts build up the church and some gifts build up the witness of the church in the community. And Satan would sooner that the church spent all its time building itself up and not impacting the community and going round and round and round on that. And kindness is an outward thing, so he wants it. So if we want to truly grow in the gift of helping others, we have to be full of the Holy Spirit. We have to be a witness in this community, however, would just be incalculable. But anyway, when I preach on this, uh, and I welcome your comments today, 
Here are the three most common comments that I get. So helping others is a vital, vital gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's just do a comparison. So when Jesus in Matthew talks about the, the people who are claiming to be his followers that he disowns, it's those that refuse to be kind. And their argument is, well, hang on a second, we cast out demons and prophesied. And he said, well, I don't know you because you weren't kind. Doesn't that tell you something about the significance of kind? Okay, so I teach this in other places. Here are the answers I get. So, some people say to me, so, you're against prophecy and healing then, are you? That's the first one I get. No, no, I'm not. The complete opposite. In fact, it's partly prophetic to know who to go to give kindness to. So, no, I'm not. Not in the slightest. And being kind provides a form of healing anyway. But I'm, I'm, I like the idea, and I believe in it, and I've seen it, of people being physically miraculously healed. And we should pursue it more and more, and as a church, that's what we try and do. I'm not against it. But I am for the whole Bible. That's what I'm for. And not cherry-picking the bits that I find exciting. Here's the second one. Well, that's typical, isn't it? Another person standing at the front of the church telling me that I should give more time to other people. Don't you know how busy I am? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm really busy. I'm short of time. Nice job, well done. Oh man, that really ruined my day's schedule, didn't it? Cool. That cut into my workload something dreadful. No, it didn't. Does it, does it, do you get a nosebleed if you say, well done? I mean, come on. It's not hard to be kind. And yet, do people live off that? Yes, they do. You have been under pressure. Somebody tells you you're doing okay. Does that help you? Does it help you a lot sometimes? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it's not... Here's the next one I get was, that was fantastic. That was really good. I've really been touched about it. Now, what about prophecy? What about tongues? What about healing? What about deliverance? Are you going to teach on them? Now, again, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that they are not important and that we shouldn't be teaching them. And we will be. In the new year, we'll be going and we'll be teaching about all these issues. But at the end of the day, if we don't focus on all spiritual gifts. We are unbalanced as a church, and we're unbalanced as Christians. And if we're not looking, because the Bible says, seek the higher gifts, that's what Paul says. So here's the gift that Jesus says makes the difference between you being recognized as one of Jesus's or not one of Jesus's. This is the gift that means that you're recognized as one of Jesus's, not one of Jesus's. Is that high enough? Just, just, it's, it's, is that high enough? That seems, you know, up there for me. Quite a lot. I don't like the idea that Jesus says, well, there were these hungry people. What do you do about it? These thirsty people. What do you do about it? It matters. This is important. So, kind has a massive impact. I just can't stress it enough that being kind sounds like nothing and yet its spiritual impact on others is colossal. 
Kindness can change it. We need to have a balanced and properly biblical view. We need to be properly biblical, charismatic church. And that includes all the spiritual gifts, and this is a spiritual gift. And we should be growing in it. And you should be growing in it, and I should be growing in it. And do I have growth to do? Believe me. But we need to be excited about it. It's an exciting thing to go and, have you ever done this? Just by the by. Have you ever sort of, you know, taken your life in your hands and nervously gone up and offered help to somebody? Or nervously gone round, just to, you know what I mean? And you're actually thinking, well, I don't know, maybe out of place. And it has absolutely blown their socks off. Has that ever happened to you? It, this, is, this is spiritual impact. This is massive. People never forget that. They never forget that. It is huge. Why do you think there's such a spiritual battle to stop us doing it? Because, it? because it changes things. It's colossal. But here's the other thing. One last thing. Being kind doesn't just reveal God's image. Being kind doesn't just impact individuals and community in a massive way. And I mean massive. But being kind impacts on us. When we do it, it does us good. One of the things that psychologists will tell you is that people who generously give to others time, effort, thought even, have a better and more resilient sense of their own well-being as a result. That God built us, that it is good for us to behave like God. I know that sounds like the blatantly obvious, but we're being called to be godly because actually being godly is good for us. It does us good. And God's nature, because God is very secure, God's nature is not to obsess about himself. God's nature is to look at how he can bless others. Now, I'm not saying that we're not important. Goodness knows. Again, I have been involved in churches where psychological martyrdom becomes almost a religion. Oh, I don't matter as long as you're all right. Have you ever been there? I, I, when I was a kid, I just want you to know, when I was a kid, um, and I'm not going to say, uh, but I moved in circles where uh, guilt tripping uh, was, was, was almost a form of social engineering, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever had anybody try and guilt trip you. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's the thing. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying that we don't look after our own well-being. I'm not saying that. And in fact, often people who won't do that, they don't help anyone else because they don't let anyone else be kind to them. Well, that's a spiritual stronghold, isn't it? But being kind to others makes a lot of difference. Three reasons why it happens. Number one, when we are kind to others, we have to soften our heart. We have to soften up in order to be good to others. And when we do that, we open a door for the Holy Spirit to minister to us. 
Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says this. Today when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. How do you stop having a hard heart? You let your heart bleed for other people. It's good for us. Let's also talk about this. Okay? Think about it like this. Okay, think about like plaster and water. Okay? Plaster and water. Do you know what plaster and water? Polyfiller and water. The more you add the polyfiller, the thicker it gets. The more you add water, the thinner it gets. Does that make sense? Think of this in your heart. Think of your heart like this. That virtually every time you unnecessarily say no, a bit more polyfiller. Every time you unnecessarily say yes, and I mean unnecessarily say yes, you are kind and you don't have to be, water. Lots of no's, harder heart. Lots of yeses, softer heart. It's an easy calculation to make. We have to look for those opportunities though. If we don't see the need, if we don't hear the Holy Spirit, if we hear but frankly we're just not inclined because of our sinful nature is hardening us and making us unkind, if we decide for ourselves, and this Jesus was teaching us, if we decide for ourselves, if we see ourselves as the judge of who's deserving and undeserving, then we'll harden our hearts and it doesn't do us good. But a little thing makes a massive difference. Now obviously we need balance because people who feel that they are missing out to the benefit of others become resentful. Okay, all of us when we feel that we're missing out to the benefit of others become resentful. I when I feel I'm missing out to the benefit of others, become resentful. It's our natural human nature. We have a fear of missing out. We have a society now where that is exploited, but it's a natural fear. It's been there all the time. We have to fight against that, but we equally have to say, well, I matter too. We need a balance. But if the Holy Spirit is prompting us, we need to respond. Being kind is massive. Kindness is a major spiritual impactor. It's bigger than anything else. It's a big, big deal. It's a big deal. I'm not sure if I've mentioned so far that it's a big deal. Okay? The, the, it is our kindness that will put the gospel into this town. It's that big a deal. It is our kindness that gives the gospel its credibility in this town. It's that big a deal. It is our kindness that enables us to let God work in our hearts. That's a big deal. It is our kindness that Jesus will record on Judgment Day as our spiritual output. Is that a big deal? Yes, this is a big deal. It seems like a small thing because other things sound so exciting, but this is a big deal. So we can't be too busy to be kind. We can't be too tired to be kind. We can't be too cynical to be kind. We can't be too angry to be kind. 
So here's the question. Where are the spiritual strongholds in your life? Where do you struggle to be kind? Who do you struggle to be kind to? And I'm completely accepting the absolute total credibility of your argument about why they don't deserve your kindness. I completely agree with you. They absolutely don't deserve it at all. However, according to Jesus, that's not a good reason to be withholding that kindness. I'm sorry, I didn't say it. I'm with you. I'm on your side. But Jesus says no. Where is that stronghold in your life? Do you need to deal with that? What is your perception of God? Do you actually see God as a kind God? Or do you see Him as capricious? Do you see Him as difficult? Do you need to deal with that? Do you need to do something about that today? Do you see helping others as a spiritual gift? Do you see helping others as a spiritual gift? Is that something you see? Why not? Is it a gift that God has given you? Let's deal with that. So what prevents you? Is the Holy Spirit prompting you today? Do you need to get prayer? Don't go home today without receiving it. Don't go home today without receiving it. Kindness really matters. Really matters to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you.